On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, more of a fairly non-spoilery look behind the curtain of Ride of the Resistance, the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge experience. How bad are the lines? How is accessibility? What's the deal with cosplay rules? And how much of a nerd do you have to be to love it all? So right up front, we got to go ahead and ask everybody out there listening, watching, uh, if you are going to go to Galaxy's Edge, uh, what made you decide yes or no? Uh, what good reasons you have for wanting to go and spend a significant amount of money, to be fair. Uh, but we're just curious. And like for the record, it, this is not like some weird paid content. We literally just felt like talking about oh, gosh, Star no, Wars today. No, no. <laughs> and if you can't tell by the way Mike's dressed, then yeah, uh, yeah we're all honest to God fans here. So. Uh, join in the geekery with us. Join in the collective nerdgasm, if you will. Uh, Timothy asks, is there a warning for anyone who's uh, maybe suffers from epileptic uh, issues? Yes. Um, uh, I, I, I believe um, I, I believe that that was something that uh, my colleague Nick saw, who was my producer on this. I didn't I didn't personally get to see it, but um, I think because there's a lot of blaster fire and this is mm-hmm. one of the cool effects that they pull off. Um, but I would I, I would look up on the website the exact warnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think uh, I think some rides do more of a strobe effect. I didn't really see too much of a strobe effect, but I think it's just a lot of things coming at you. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, it depends on the on the person. Great question, Tim. As always, thanks for joining us. Uh, here's one I want to stem off that. How is handicap accessibility for mm-hmm. the features in the Galaxy's Edge? Oh, yeah. Be- uh, you know. I think uh, everything there can be um, uh, something where you can transfer out of your seat and go into a ride, then then you're able to do it. Or if you can't transfer out of your seat, at least you can see the first part of the whole experience. But 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 yeah, I think these these vehicles are eight like eight person vehicles, and it's similar to to other vehicles where where you know you can transfer out. Although I always wonder how they meet up with you with your wheelchair at the end because where you exit. It's outside. It's wow. like you start inside a cave and a ship and and then suddenly you're spit out in the land. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 where'd you go? Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of a cool effect. Wow. I mean, I do know from the um, the restaurants, I mean, it's a little bit different accessibility, but they had every kind of um, meal preference, dietary mm-hmm. restriction, like noted as a special menu. I think there was a vegan menu vegetarian menu non-dairy menu yeah not free menu uh, yeah I, I, I noticed the, the land has very creative food and a lot of it was mm. was vegan options mm-hmm. um so you're you're seeing that influenced more so very like vegetarian vegetarian meaty fruity were like the palates i noticed with mm-hmm. the, I, I ate like half the menu there I, <laughs> I couldn't afford the whole menu to be really honest about it um but like the food was it was delicious but it definitely had a specific sort of style and palette in every single Have option. Have you tried blue milk and green milk? Yeah, and alcoholic versions, um, <laughs> because of course. Um, but um, yeah, they were, they're both tasty. I didn't, I don't feel as polarizing toward, some fans are like, only green milk's good, only blue milk's good. They're both good, whatever. They're um, fruity. They're, they're like fruity slushies on a some, hot day. I did have some complaints about that. Some of the beers were a little too fruit infused for my personal taste, because mm-hmm. I just prefer hoppy ba- beers. But yeah, being creative about it, everything got tweaked in time. Uh, I had a really big it was essentially a giant chicken finger on top of mashed potatoes. Can, can I tell you my favorite thing of the whole land mm-hmm. was after the ride too? Mm-hmm. Cantina. Ooh. The cantina. Yes. I just wanted to live inside of mm-hmm. that bar. It, it was like, it was just, it was I, a beautiful, 
beautiful masterpiece and all the bartenders are like yelling and and having fun and there's animatronic yeah. wrecks there's just a lot of good stuff they give you only like a 45 minute like appointments but i just kind of like didn't leave i didn't have the beer like like you had but i i, I had like they, they they give you drinks that are really alien like uh mm-hmm. there one was bubbling violently that mm-hmm. i had another one uh we person we were, we were with made their whole mouth numb so oh, so there's a lot of fun little little things to discover it's kind of like a tiki bar mm-hmm. if a tiki bar was in space yeah and one cool thing about the area, apart from the ride, is that even though Ray doesn't have an official meet and greet, Ray, I could tell, like, really re- reaches toward getting kids into her story. Mm-hmm. So she'll, like, get kids to be like, hey, can you help Chewbacca with uh, escorting him across the park? Or can you come with me as we try to check out where the stormtroopers are? And it looks like such a really cool way to get, like, small kids into the Star Wars story. When I was talking about why this would change uh, things, and, and we'll get into questions right after this, and that that's really the key. Mm-hmm. It is the interactivity. It is the immersion of almost acting mixed mm-hmm. with all these elements to the point where you are living a moment rather than just, you know, visiting and buying the merch. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you are really living something. And that has to do with all the improv acting happening around you. Mm. Uh, and I think that is what's going to set this apart and have others kind of realize, oh, if you want to take something to the, the next level, it's having those rides within the ride. It's yeah. having the, the ride within the wait. Um, it's it's having the, the employees be the actors, too. Mm-hmm. It's not so much personal interaction. Absolutely. Yeah. And while the uh, this ride sounds so great, I, I, did they give additional information to you about the lines? Because that's where things suddenly take a turn. That's a bit like, oh, what, how long mm. would I be waiting for for them? I uh, it it is insane to try to go now and get in. Um, it's not just a long line. They have this new system that is like a um, it's like a virtual queue. They call mm-hmm. it where you really have to be in the know to know how to get a spot in the virtual Ooh. queue. Like the park may open at eight or nine o'clock, mm-hmm. but people are showing up hours early mm-hmm. and using an app to say, I'm here. I like to wait in a virtual queue. And I'll say, okay, you're in boarding group 18. You're in boarding group 32, 64. Mm-hmm. Come back at this time. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the park opens, so far, it's only been a week, yeah. but all the boarding groups have been gone. Mm. So I feel like if your average mom and dad coming, you really, and you're, you, 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 you may totally miss out and hopefully can come back a second day and try this whole game of coming at six or coming at five in the morning yeah. to try to get a boarding group. I follow a lot of uh, enthusiasts on, on Twitter, on Disney who have been doing this. And uh, t- just today alone, I think all the boarding groups were taken up before the park opened. Yeah. Uh, so you had to get there early. When I went to the the Galaxy's Edge in September, but in Florida, <laughs> I, I, to be fair, at that point, a version of the of the park had been open since the spring in California. So the Millennium Falcon buzz had died down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when I had showed up at the beginning, lines were still upwards of an hour, two hours on a Monday in the middle of September when school is in session. Um, so I ducked into their singles line. They thankfully had a few times and then... Then by the afternoon, it dived down. But this early, it sounds like the demand is going to be so difficult, especially when you can't necessarily see the line or unless you're in the know on Disney Parks app stuff, you might be might miss your chance thinking you have a shot coming in at like nine in the morning. Right. And they haven't done this before in Florida. So it's it's a new it's a new way of handling it. I I don't see any single rider options. But with the Falcon, if you're going do the single rider because mm. it's a it's a very long wait still um and and yeah i wonder if that's going to change in time if mm-hmm. it's just going to be a normal like walk up situation but i think cuz of the high demand it's it's that way yeah. now and it's also there's always like first ride jitters like i on the day of i saw a few headlines about the ride like breaking down but of course it 
it's a physical moving contraption. Of course, you're, it breaks down. You're, you're seeing this a lot, especially with something so complicated, uh, where any new ride, even at Universal, Hagrid had a new ride that was down a lot mm-hmm. and still is down often. Um, uh, where like there, there are moments where the ride goes down. I think that's why they're doing boarding groups. Mm-hmm. I was in the ride as media at a time where they had to keep starting and restarting a, a door element. Like, mm. like I was watching them try to problem solve on like the day before it even opened. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, just reset it, just reset it. And they kept trying to like open and close the door before they lit us in the car part. So, and there were other media people I know who said that they were evacuated um, because they just couldn't get it going again. And what's interesting is that they add a couple elements to the even the evacuation where if your ride is stalled, you know, normally you hear the spiel, keep your hands and arms inside. <laughs> but instead, they kind of keep you in the story where Finn is yelling, uh, why aren't you moving? You got to get going. Yeah. And 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 your droid is acting a little different, like a little worried that like mm-hmm. he's going to get shot at, yeah. you know. So uh, they, they like try to, you know, make the story keep going, even if there are technical glitches. But yeah, this is going to be something that they have to work out, I'm sure, with a lot of there's so mm-hmm. many elements. Okay, you guys are selling it to me, and you really didn't have to try that hard. <laughs> um, but we got some other really good questions out there. This one's just kind of silly. Uh, is there a hologram in the park similar to Silicon Valley's Russ Hanneman? <laughs> I haven't seen that yeah, in that episode of, of I mean, Silicon there's, Valley. There's definitely holograms in the park. I just don't know the, the comparison. The ride uh, uh, waiting area uh, to tell you your story has a has a hologram of Ray, and it looks legit. Like, they pulled mm-hmm. it off pretty good. I mean, you can't stick your hand in it. They have it high yeah. up on purpose. So you can't mess with it because that's your first instinct, right? Like, I want to jump in the hologram. You know, but, 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 but they do have a hologram effect. Related to that, though, one of my favorite moments was at the very beginning of the day at like 10 a.m. Kylo Ren runs up to a woman who's taping him as he walks by. And he's like, are you broadcasting the resistance? Are you broadcasting the resistance? And then he starts giving a message to the resistance through her phone you know they call it a data pad i believe yeah data pad they like you, you can't have unapproved data pads out <laughs> yeah because this is this is the first order like you know messing around with people mm-hmm. so it's just pretty it's pretty funny there are some things i would say that were lacking that i think there are areas to grow on uh mm-hmm. we talk about how there's kylo ren and the stormtroopers and ray running around but i i was in the cantina going where are the scum and villainy? I mm-hmm. need a blue alien somewhere. I need a green yeah. fuzzy thing. I need I, I need something slimy. And when I asked one of the Imagineers uh, in charge of the land about this, Imagineers is the word they use for people who work at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, almost like give it give it time in yeah. a way because this is something they're looking into and they want to do. But right now, it's it's in steps. We should, because as you mentioned, you've talked to Imagineers for, like further. Were there any other hints they gave you about the future while we're, while we're here? Um, well, one thing that was always pitched in the early pitches of this to people and to press was that you would go into the cantina, mm-hmm. and depending on how well you did in the ride of the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. a bounty hunter might be after you because you messed up the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that never that never happened. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, never, they never had people coming after you. And right now... I think they're exploring having more actors is what he said. That was mm-hmm. the next thing. Another thing that they do for media that they don't do for everyone is they have shows mm. where they have built this land with a lot of um, like, how do you put it? Places that, that are raised uh, a lot of, a lot of metal workings that are fixed and set with pyrotechnics. So they were showing media, this battle between Ray and Kylo Ren full on lightsabers flinging and sparks flying and that's not something that anyone can experience. They also mm. had um, uh, two X-Wings hover with, with drones. That was something just to kick off for media. to be like, hey, we opened the ride. Hooray. 
But is that coming for everyone? Yeah. And I think that is what they're exploring and testing out because they built it as live working sets to show these these adventures. If you look up, you know, jumping on the rooftops. But that's that's like to be continued, I yeah. think, as they grow. Yeah, like the reports of the, um, I think it was an X-Wing drone or something like yeah, that. They were yeah, building. and, and like, it really was just hovering up and mm-hmm. going back down again. Uh, and, uh, you know, is this something that when I asked, like, are we going to see that drone again? Like, come on, you know, don't just do it mm-hmm. for the media. And he just kind of gave me this look and goes, this is something we're testing and exploring, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I I, th- I think there's room for growth. So, time. Yeah. Sorry. More questions. Yeah. Uh, let's take one from. Well, no, here. There's a little controversy circulating around the chat and on Twitter about uh, costumes and cosplay at the park. Mm. Oh, Is yeah. that a point of contention, and how do they actually regulate that? Mm-hmm. Specifically, Matthew's as- asking how you got through security, because I can assume that if you come in full costume, it'd be hard to differentiate you from some of the other extras in full costume out there. There are rules. Yeah. Are there? The, yeah, there are rules. So I went in into Galaxy's Edge, and they had a little bit of a shop. You can choose two different shops, by the way. There's a shop set up by the First Order if you want to dress like you're a supporter of the First Order. And then there's the, just the, the local merchants who are selling things that look like things Ray would wear, like your typical dusty, you know, attire. Um, and they also sell Jedi robes. And there's a big sign that says you can't wear <laughs> Jedi robes. Um, uh, what the, the rules are, kids can dress however they want to dress. Mm-hmm. They can put masks on. But you as an adult cannot cover your face and you can't have something so gargantuan like a Jedi robe where there's a security threat of what's under your robe. Mm-hmm. That said, they encourage you to walk around the park um, totally uh, role playing. Mm-hmm. I saw folks in that Luke Skywalker kind of gear yeah. where it just looked like, you know, you're you're like tunic in a way. Um, uh, and and people were dressed up with lightsabers. I saw people um, all sorts of outfits where they look like they're residents of yeah. a planet. Like you could wear normal clothes that happen to have a lot of the colors and themes of what ju- you want to or do. Or you can look like Han Solo. You can look, mm-hmm. yeah. But when it comes to like, like you can have Princess Leia buns if you want, but you just, they just don't want masks covering mm-hmm. your face. You can't go as a stormtrooper. You probably know? no capes, I would imagine. Right, I'm, I'm right, yeah. Lando now. I'm like, yep, no capes probably. Well, well, it's it's just really about the, the security of like having a big Jedi robe and covering up and they can't mm-hmm. see what's going on and they don't want... And Jedi robes are very foolable, right? Like you put a robe on, people think like, oh, hey, is that an actor in the park? So this happens also outside of Galaxy's Edge. Like you can't go dress in like a full-on Disney princess and Mm -hmm. fool kids, you know, but you can be inspired by it, you Mm -hmm. know. But little kids can do whatever they want. Like I saw a kid who was two years old, full full Kylo Ren outfit, and the stormtroopers were following him around. (laughs) So I love that improv interaction. Of course, the parent did that on purpose to get great video, but you know. That's interesting. I, I did kind of wonder if there was a security concern of somebody like trying to gain the system and collect a paycheck just for showing up as a stormtrooper. <laughs> so what you're telling me, though, is that there are no younglings running around in costume for Anakin to come slaughter. <laughs> oh, I, think, I, I heard a report somewhere that I think that word is even like banned or or just discouraged from cast members. Really? Oh, I, mean, I need to double check that. But that's I think they like really are downplaying that. Oh, particular well, thing. Well, well, like they they wanted the cast members to have their own stories. And one little fun thing is that with the baby Yoda um, mania, uh, they sell these little Yoda plush dolls. The whole point of what the things they sell is that it was made by a local. So it looks hand stitched and it doesn't really look like Yoda. It just looks like a creature that looks like Yoda. So 
you could wrap it around in a, in a little like ball of fabric and make it look like Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did in one of the stores. They had a little fun and put a Baby Yoda up yeah. on display. But I went and it was taken down. And I said, what happened to the child that was here? And he goes, um, basically, it's in, you know, while talking, like it didn't fit with the storyline of Batu, And so mm. they kind of were told to take it down for the media event. I was like, no, but people were still buying Baby Yoda's. I bought, I mean, a Yoda that looks like Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I, I bought one, put it in my, in my backpack and everyone was going crazy. You can bring them into the cantina. Mm-hmm. Cantina can be for kids, too, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, m- more milk and cookies than, you know. They had a lot of bone cookies. broth. They had some really yeah. good cookies in there, actually. <laughs> Okay, uh, we are running really tight on time. In fact, we're probably going too far, uh, but we can't resist a couple more questions. Uh, we have, everyone can assume this is going to be expensive, but Bridget, put a price tag on it. Oh, boy. Okay, so it people have criticized Galaxy's Edge for being kind of a cash grab situation because of how much of the land is about buying stuff. You want, you want a lightsaber? That's an experience. I didn't get to do that. Uh, but that's like $200. You mm-hmm. want to make your own droid? You're looking at 50 to 100 again, right? Something I didn't like buy that. any merch at all. I like the food alone blew my budget mm-hmm. and I couldn't afford any toys at all. Right. And and then a ticket for a day is over $100. Mm-hmm. Um like maybe 120 to 110 somewhere it depends on the day you go. Mm-hmm. Um and not to mention hotel costs. So yeah, you are looking at uh, a pretty expensive vacation, but you and and to experience the land full, you're gonna want to buy all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You want it's part of the shops, it's part of eating it and living it and buying the blue milk and and that's what makes it fun. But I had an Uber driver who was like, I hate it because I'm not into Star Wars, you know. But I don't want to buy all these things. But I think that ride, that extra ride, really mm-hmm. brings it home. So even if you don't buy everything, mm-hmm. that ride makes it worth it versus having it without. The ride, because that's an experience included in the park ticket anyway. Right, right. Like that really nails into Star Wars. And uh, then there's the whole hotel coming. Oh lordy, that's going to yeah. be like a cruise experience, you know. So that's 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 going to be for super fans too. Now, that's the cruel reality of it. I mean, you're paying for a massive experience. The the you really expect a discount? Uh, it'll be something for at least me worth saving up for someday because I really do want to experience that. They and, kept asking me when I go to the shops to buy gifts because I was just buying Christmas gifts. They were like, do you have any credit reducers? And what they mean is if you're a pass holder, you get a discount, oh. I think, of 10%. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, a credit reducer? Because everything's in credits. It's never dollars, you know? So they really keep role-playing everything. Did they um, keep, when you were there, do, were, were the menus still in Star Wars names? Or I've That was a criticism, that. and that went back. So there was this thing where um, all the words are like, like, would you like to eat, you know, the tip yip and mm. the, you know, uh, what's some other, uh, Ronto wraps. Yeah. And there was this, criticism that that they went to saying uh in bigger font uh baked chicken and then in tiny font you know you know tip yip and Mm -hmm. people were like no we want to role play and so they kind of switched it back and and made it so you could see both clearly for people who just don't know what these aliens don't want to role play as much you know but yeah i'm glad they brought that back i was kind of upset about the menus i wanted i want to i i think we as nerds need that role play the character's cool but it's also like people do want to know for their allergens sake quickly what it is so it's like balancing that out is, is a tough one yeah better safe than sorry uh, all right. This has been a really great summation overall. Uh, the one takeaway, you did mention the Uber driver was like, Ugh, I'm not interested. And that's fine. Um, do you think in in your experience, Bridget, and try to put aside mm-hmm. your fandom right now and we got to get we got to get unbiased and objective. Uh, do you think the experience would be enjoyable to somebody who isn't a total Star Wars nut? Uh, I think it is impressive 
visually with what they built. Um, if you like the art of seeing something like like the art of walking past uh, this land uh, and all the shops and the and the Millennium Falcon, uh, they made it so at least in Florida, when you walk in, you can't see anything else but mm-hmm. Batu. And if, if 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 every cast member is wearing a different outfit, like they're really living there. So if you can appreciate art and what it takes to make a story and you're just a casual fan, I think that's a lot of fun because you don't like in the Millennium Falcon. I do not know who who the guy is, the smuggler run guy. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yes, yes. Um, the name escapes me right now, too, unfortunately. Right. But he's an animatronic. In right. There. He's an animatronic and he's from like the cartoon series and I don't watch the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, he puts uh, but, missions. but it's still kind of fun and silly. And I know the general gist of, yeah. of, of everything else. So you don't need to know everything to still appreciate that. But if you do know everything, there's a lot of gems to see. Like I saw Mandalorian armor in the mm. shop hiding in the corner, yeah. you know. So there's things to see if you're a fan. And if you're not, I think it's it's just kind of cool to see a living, breathing, you know, world. What I saw a lot of people get into, and it was clearly beyond just like Star Wars fans. There's a game in the park where you scan QR codes and then you do little tangram puzzles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were playing the tangram puzzles. And the reward of the tangram puzzle, if you're fully playing it out, is you get different ranks. And I think I'd made myself like first order sergeant because uh, I kept doing those missions. You could do bad things. You could do good things and cause chaos in the land or help the re- yeah. resistance. And I didn't go into that into that as deeply. But, but, and, but yeah, if you're waiting in line for a long time, it's something to do. And a lot of people just like... People, a lot of people like simply like the tangrams because it helps you pass the time on various mm-hmm. lines if you build them up and then just kind of solve we, them. We are so going on so late, but thank you for having patience with us. <laughs> thank you. Again, it's hard not to just get fanny. Uh, ooh, I probably should not have said it that way. To have such <laughs> intense fandom. Yes. Oh, God. Now I'm screwed. That's on the internet. Fandom. Uh, whatever. Uh, it's been really fun. I did want to remind everybody tomorrow is our last show of the 2019 season. We'll be shutting down until we return. First week of January in 2020, live from the stage at CES. So we'll see you all there, but come back tomorrow. We're going to do a little bit of a year in review recap kind of thing. It's been a blast so far. Lots of new fans, a new platform, new format, still experimenting with lots of stuff. Looking forward to the future. We'll see you again tomorrow morning, but until then, Bridget, take us on hold. All right. We'd appreciate it if you would subscribe and ring that little notification bell if you haven't already done so. So that you can join us weekday mornings and be part of the show. And also, feel free to head down to the show description. You can find links to today's stories and every place you can subscribe to the audio podcast if you'd rather take the show on the go because you're busy. For The Daily Charge, I'm Bridget Carey. And I'm Mike Sorrentino. Thanks for watching this. Oh, 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 oh